yourselves in the shoes of the northerners as well as you put yourself in the shoes of the southerners and then you we can have a, a discussion from there hey, let me bring in mr bamway and uh, uh let me bring in karim then i bring bamway and omlado and then we, we we see yes mr karim yes Fazil. yes um uh, so I'm gonna, hold on, uh, Karim. I'm gonna give you four minutes. Then I'll give Mr. Godbert Mushabe uh, as well, and then I'll bring in Abamoyan. You are a regular here. Then I'll, I'll lastly bring in Ambassador Regan Collins. Yes, Karim, you can carry on now. Okay. Um. Thank. Thank you. Thank you so much, um, uh, Mr. Fazil, for giving me the opportunity to share. Um, I think most of the times it's context. When do we bring um, um, the tribal sentiments? I, I see no harm in talking about our uncomfortable history. Uh, for example, the history of Baganda and Banyoro, because there were people who were affected, and we shouldn't just wash that away uh, and say that didn't happen, because there are people who are still um living in the effects of um of of what happened then now that that the challenge i have with comrade um mau and odongoto is when they personalize personal beef you know something happens to one person from their area and now they want to larry all the people in their area um, and dismiss. I'll give an I'll give an example. Um, when uh, 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 Akena was, was killed, and Odongoto was like, the people of of our region will never forgive. Like, it, it it's not. Oh, Akena, you mean Akena, the one who was shot? Yeah, he was shot by and, and, uh, when he did Yes, yes, yes. I, I don't think Winnie Vianima did it as a representative of, 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 of her tribe. But for Dongoto to come and try to lure the people of, of his region on, in terms of tribal lines, yes, we can ridicule uh, the family of, of Vianima for having done whatever they did, but they did not do it on behalf of a tribe. So for, for him to say now the lines have clearly been drawn, <laughs> it's really harsh for there are people who don't want to be in such conversations. There are people who have moved past those conversations. Now you want to box them in. You know, it's the same thing uh with 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 Mao trying to defend um uh, the speaker of parliament and making it uh an actually issue. You 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 can't you can't say okay now we are going to rally the 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 Langis and say people will never come back to to Uganda. Oh, we shall not allow people from from uh, the south to come to the north because of because of of what they are saying about the speaker. There are so many people who have been killed in 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 in, in the central region. There are so many corrupt officials that we have ridiculed uh, in 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 Uganda, but we never talk about them as a representative as a representative. Of, of the kingdom or as a representative of, you know, the general, besides the usual generalization and, and, and simplifications of our tribes. But when somebody with authority um, 
speaks to that using tribal sentiments it's 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 okay for a free person you know people people have their own prejudices but somebody with authority to come up with such sentiments and say you know what now that the lines are drawn we shall never we as 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 such a tribe we shall never allow this tribe because of one person because of one person mm. i would I, I wouldn't think uh the speaker was a perfect representative representative of of the north i don't think everybody in the north was on the side of the speaker i understand what he represented is what people were protesting they were not protesting against mr olanya as a person but what he represented so for yes. for mr mao to make it um a, a, a tribal a tribal issue um it's really absurd and he's a person with authority if it was a normal person you know because if, if you're a person of authority you have people who believe in you their people are going to lie um behind you when you say certain things so at least we should be a little bit careful and 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 also the context of ridicule the 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 context in which mr olanya was ridiculed or was you know was protesting it wasn't tribal at all it was about government it was about his position it was what a, the face of the regime and what he has been saying he, he he was never at any one point saying anything about uganda on behalf of the acholis he's not their spokesperson is not you know so for for mm. mr mao to use that card and try to divide the people on, on, on tribal lines it's really it's really sad it takes us it takes us behind but what i can say we should we should be open as long as we're open to talk about this i get so many uh a few friends who reach out to me and you know baganda used to to do the same during the uh uh the the the, the post the, the pre-colonial era when they ruled they did this to us now some of us who are privileged to have to have grown in Buganda we we might not know you know the problem of privilege is you never know you just move it because it it doesn't affect you you don't know what it means to grow up as a Katerega but you're not supposed to be a Katerega somebody took away your mm. name you know it has affected you for generations those are uncomfortable truths Sometimes we just say, oh, um, people changed their names. Now they are Baganda. They are comfortable, but they are not. As uh, if you sit down with those people and they tell you the story of the histories of their families, yeah, there is some uncomfortable truth that we need, you know, to to openly talk about, have these platforms and share. However, we shouldn't use them to to fuel, you know, past battles. But we should use them. We should use these platforms to find a way of of healing of reconciliation of working together uh to fight our common enemy our problem is not our tribes we don't we really don't have tribal issues what we have right now is the government against the people it is not the tribes one tribe against the other those i think we have those battles have 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 slowly died out if not they are there but they are silent but the open one is uh, the regime against the people. So thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you very much, Mr. Karim Mutami. Yeah, we'll go straight to Mr. Godbert Mushabe and see what you have to say. Yeah. <clears throat> can you hear me, Fazel? Yes, you can hear you, sir. Yeah. Th thanks very much for, for, this, uh, for this forum. And 
and let me make uh, and, and uh, first of all thanks again for uh, so many of the colleagues who have made very very instructive comments and inputs. Uh, let me make some three or four points really uh, in light of the subjects. One is that uh, I think there is there is always a tendency for us to draw back to the history, the pre-colonial history where we had our different groups of uh, people, kingdoms fighting each other. That, that's a history that we, we definitely can appreciate, but our future cannot be built on the, on the wars, on the, on the inter-tribal wars between Buganda and Bunyoro, between Bunyoro and Ankole, Ankole and Chigezi, and all the others, because uh, those, uh, those, that was an era, it's gone, and I think anybody who tries to invoke those uh, those uh, uh, conflicts or those intertribal wars to, to explain what we see today really is trying to make sure that we remain trapped in our history. I, I think for me, that's point number one. Point number two is that uh, I, I really like the point that, uh, 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 that, that the previous speaker made that... Uh, we, we don't have tribalism as a country. We, we have tribes. We actually have nationalities. And prior to independence, they were all known. There are 15 of them. Acholi is a, a nationality. It's a nation. Uh, Buganda is a nation. Bunyoro is a nation. Busoga is a nation. These are nationalities. And any Uganda that is going to be prosperous, that is going to be stable, that is going to be peaceful, must be built on these nationalities. These are our building blocks. The idea that these have to be ostracized, that, that, uh, that their tribes, I think, is just, uh, is just disingenuous. It is trying to hide away from reality. And, uh, and, and I, for me, I believe that any future of this country, uh, of our country, has to be built on the on the pillars. These are supposed to be our pillars, whether we are dealing with politics, whether whether we are dealing with governance, whether we are dealing with the economy. Our, our national economy can only be built on a strong econ on a strong actual economy, a strong Tesla economy, a strong Ankole economy. That those are the those are the pillars upon which we can build. Because if you don't do that, it means that, and you are trying to build a Ugandan economy, then you build the foundations for exclusion. Uh, so I, I think that we need to recognize that our nationalities are our building pillars. Thirdly, I, I think there is a tendency uh, for many people, uh, you know, they, no, let me put it this way, that any any manifestations of what people call tribalism, for me, is a failure of leadership. When you have when you have failed leadership, you you end up with failed economic transformation. We fail, you will end up with economic and political marginalization, and the, the, all that marginalization is then expressed in what appears to be. Of some form of ethnic nationalism, so all these groups that you hear, the these uh, these nationalities that begin to say, "Oh, the Acholis are excluded," 
the Baganda are excluded, the Basoga are marginalized, the Banyankore are eating. You, you are talking about ethnic nationalism that is essentially triggered by the failure of development policy. When you have leaders that are not able to think big, think strategy, and create, uh, expand the, the, the widest possible opportunities, uh, on the contrary, they diminish opportunities for people, then people have to appeal to ethnic nationalism because that's the only way they can, they can be able to, uh, to, 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 they can project themselves and be visible and have a voice. And, and that's why, uh, in one way or the other, I sympathize with people like Chairman Mao and Dongoto and others who begin to talk of actually being mistreated. And, and you're basically looking at an individual, uh, Speaker Olanya, uh, and then using that to be able to uh, project the marginalization of an entire community. But, but essentially, the, the, the questions that are being raised about the amount of money being spent on uh, the treatment of the speaker, like all the other political leaders and other senior government officials, the questions that are being raised are national in nature. The people who suffer from a broken healthcare system, you'll find them across this country from Karamoja to Kisoro, from Busia to Hoima. They, they, they are because uh, many of us interact with Uganda's healthcare system. We know the level of brokenness, and every Ugandan who is who has not been privileged enough to be in the higher echelons of power, and and probably the civil service, suffer the same problem, uh, no matter where you are. So I, I think it's uh, it's very bad, especially for 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 accomplished leaders like Norbert Mao and others to begin to frame what should be a national conversation and tribalize it and diminish its impact. Because uh, to be honest, uh, I think it is a perfect, it's a fair game for us to discuss the expenses on uh, on the deputy speaker or the speaker or the or whichever minister. It's a fair game for us as a people as citizens, as taxpayers, it is fair for us to discuss them uh, because they are in a position where they could change our situation and they are not. And when they get into the similar situation like we can be in as individual citizens, they, have a they, they are treated with privilege, which none of us can be treated with. So I, I want us to really appreciate that the rise in ethnic nationalism that you hear across the board is for me a manifestation of failure of development policy, a manifestation of our broken governance system, and and we have to think more strategically and be and be smarter in fixing those problems than being derailed by some of these conversations. Uh, yes, I, I want to hear back, uh, okay. can I, Yes, can I uh, ask a few questions there, Mr. Godbatum Uh For example, because <laughs> you raise a very important uh, point there on the issue of ethnic uh, nationalism, uh, do you think now that um, because where we are now, because even if the government changes or things of that sort, because well, you know, for most of the leaders in the past, I've always sought comfort and uh, protection towards their ethnicities. 
you know, same happened with, with, the, with the first president, the second, the third, all the presidents that we have had, they are always drawn towards, you know, uh, nationalism, and it seems to get worse and worse and worse. Now, uh, do you think it's going to get much worse before it gets any better? No, it, it, it actually will get worse before it gets better uh, because uh, we have a broken political system right now. Uh, the, the, the construction of the, of the NRM regime, which I prefer calling an NRM junta for lack of a better word, it's construction. It's constructed around exclusion. It's constructed around, around uh, uh, control of state power. You have a monopoly of state power for the last 36 years. And, and that's why sometimes I don't feel sympathetic uh, for, for when some of us from Western Uganda, we start complaining that other, other, other nationalities are complaining about us. Because it is clearly, it's, it's, uh, it's historical, it's, uh, um, it's, a, it's a given that when you have uh, one, uh, one, uh, one group of, of people controlling state power for, 30, for 36 years now, we are going to 40. There are certain structural distortions that, that come into play because of that control. The, the, the reason people, uh, people push for democratic governance is that you have correct, uh, the, the demo, a democratic system of government has inbuilt corrective measures that is able to balance off on a number of things. Now, when you fail on that one, you are building structure in structure inhibitions and structure distortions within the system that their impact will be seen for a long time on many on on many other communities. So, as long as we have. Uh, the current system right now, President Museven, I have written a paper which is about to be published, and I have argued with a colleague that President Museven's mental programming is that he will die as president. So he's really on course to become a life president. And as long as he does, the, he has to exploit all kinds of uh, diversities that we have to be able to stay in power. Because remember, it is actually President Museven who appeals to, uh, to, uh, to this to the tribalism and then castigates everybody else because when he, talk about, he, he talks about he has been fighting tribalism, that is really a code word that he actually is, uh, is tribalism because he hasn't done anything specific to balance, to, to ensure regional balanced development, to ensure inclusion, to ensure uh, uh, to to expand opportunities for people across the board, and as a result, you Mr. have Mr. this ethnic nationalism emerging. Yes, yeah. Let me ask you something there, because like as you see, most of African nations we are divided yeah. along, uh, you know, what you call ethnic nationalities. Uh, because yeah. I, I, I speak today, the Constitution of Uganda recognizes fifty-three tribes. Yes. Now we are divided along. Uh, okay, let me say fifty-three tribes. Then secondly, we are divided along religious lines. Then uh, the other division might be along uh, gender. Uh, then the other, the other, you know, so many different uh, things that you have to balance. So for you in your ideal democratic world, how would you 
balance uh, the, 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 all those three uh, you know elements of tribe, 53 tribes. Uh, then you have the issue of uh, gender. You have the issue of uh, what's the other one? Religion. You get it. So because uh, I, I, you you are almost having a situation because seven supporters would say that the situation is you know it's it's hard to balance all those three things. So you just have to play a system of survival. You know the year, the year you survive is the year, is the year you count. So for you in your yeah. ideal democracy. No yeah. ideal democratic world as a person who has written different papers and you know a, a policy analyst and things like that. How would you, or what can Uganda do? You know, in, in a new Uganda, if Museveni is gone, long gone, and all that kind of stuff. How can we balance those three elements in the state? Yeah, no, no. Basically, my point is that uh, there are there are often two ways of solving problems, and and I'm talking about here development and governance problems here. No, not the basic ones. The one way is to adjust into the problem. So in other words, we all acknowledge that we are tribal. We, we are basically tribal minorities of all sorts. And therefore, we begin to adjust into that problem and, and, uh, and work on tribal, tribal uh, self-determination. Because in, a, in, a, in this country right now, we are not even doing ethnic uh, self-determination. We are doing tribal. You realize, uh, I, I always give the example of, te- of Eastern Uganda, where there is mm. some place where you cross about six districts in just 20 minutes. And, and you cannot tell me that that is one way of recognizing some of these diversities. So you can adjust into the problem. And normally that is the African way. The, the alternative way is that you work sort of the problem. Uh, and that means that you are you are working to bring people together. You are demonstrating that there is there is a higher purpose and a, a and a better good that comes because we are all together. So uh, it, it, uh, and and that that requires a transformative uh, uh, patriotic leadership where you understand that Uganda is better when it is together, that Uganda is uh, comprised of these diversities, the ethnic, the religious, the gender, the demographic, and others, and your your focus, your policies are focused on harnessing these diversities for better. Your policies are focusing on expanding the, the opportunities because most of the fights that we have, including very, very petty fights, they are about diminishing opportunities. When you expand opportunities, people get more engaged in doing productive things. When you create freedom, people are more engaged in, uh, in uh, they, they, are trying, they are trying out their ideas and coming up with new ideas. When all these, uh, when opportunities and freedom are shrinking, then people begin to look for ethnic enclaves and tribal enclaves as the only option to survive. And, and that's where we are as a country, and that's why we are having these debates of uh, where uh, n- national issues of service delivery, of governance, are all of a sudden reduced into some tribal conversations.
All right. All right. Uh, we shall leave it at that with you, Mr. Godbert Mushabe. Thank you very much for that uh, fantastic submission. Uh, let me get in more other speakers to have their say and then uh, we can continue with the conversation. But I truly appreciate uh, your submission. Yes, Mr. Sayakwe. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for those of you who have just joined, uh, I'm sorry if you have sent in a request. At times, I don't know if it is with my phone, but I can't see some of the requests that you have sent in. And uh, some of uh, some of you have told me you have been on hold for like 10 minutes or 15 or 20 or 40. But literally, I cannot see the requests. And so I usually have to go into my Twitter inbox and see. And then people you know, are telling me that we have sent the requests and you're not letting us in. It's not on purpose. It's just that I can't see it here. And I'm really sorry about that. But I'll make sure that uh, I get it gets I get much better and stuff like that. So uh, Sayekwa, you are off. Uh, let me bring Bamweya Naumulalu, Bamweyan, I think, and then we shall have Mr. Assad. Yes, Sayekwa, Sayekwa, are you there? David was there. Is it David? You can unmute there, uh, Mr. David, uh, Mr. Sayekwa. Okay, Sayeko is off. Uh, Bamoyana, you can speak. We can, you, you have the mic. Hey, hi, hey, Fazil, and Hello. hi, all listeners. Yeah, um, wow. It's very hard to, I don't know where to start after the previous speakers, especially the lady who um, came in, uh, the lady from Acholi. I, I didn't uh, get her name, uh, or I forgot it. Um, it's hard to speak after someone gave such a... Uh, <laughs> Um, a very powerful, very um, emotional kind of um, uh, speech. Um, I would like to uh, comment about um, Mao's outrages and um, what he's trying to do. I think we all know Mao is a brilliant man. He is a brilliant man. He knows what he's doing. Um, and this is very unfortunate. I don't really think that he should reduce this to tribal conflict like I said and I know we don't have no tribal issues there's some individuals that have these sentiments maybe but when you listen to a lady like the previous speaker the lady who, who spoke um, and how she speaks this is what we should be listening to these are the people that we should be listening to and indeed the rest of Uganda we neglected the northern region had it been maybe in this era of uh, social media, it would have been different. But like you said yourself, Aziz, the area was cut off. There was no information. The only images we got of northern Uganda was the people that had been um, brutalized, mutilated, and kids dying and starving. And honestly, most people were scared of this. So we, we didn't do enough. And that's a fact. And these should be the conversations that we should have. How do we mend relations? How do we um, present ourselves not as saviors, but as people who stood on and watched as people from northern Uganda suffered for 20 years? This should be the conversation. This shouldn't be about, oh, uh, I don't know how much money is spent on a speaker, now we should be collecting it back. This, these are diversions. These are not conversations that a, a layman wants to hear. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. 
going to the issue of Solomon, I am a social worker. I work here in Germany with um, youth between the ages of 14 to 27. I know teenagers, they definitely um, are challenged. They, they will try out stuff. They will, um, um, they will start maybe with alcohol. They will, they, will, they, will, they will try some marijuana. And anyone who works in that field, if you're a social worker, if you're a psychologist, if you're um, um, a teacher, there are what we call telltale signs. There are signs that will tell you that this child is involved in drug abuse. I'm sure the parents of Solomon, they would have detected this from their son and they wouldn't have been presenting him the way the boy has been presented. It's a shame we're talking about a minor and I wouldn't want to discuss issues of a minor. I think this is a public stunt. I don't think it deserves any attention. And it's just a shame that um, the government or whoever is behind this is reducing this fight to a child. Um, yeah, that's all I wanted to say, but I'm really sorry if I could apologize to the people of Northern Uganda. We, I feel your pain, I understand. And... Um, if there's any way we could start a, a debate on how to heal relations, we just want to listen. We don't, we don't want, want to come and try to give you all kind of talk on how you can improve lives. No, we just want to listen and listen from you. You know, that makes more sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you very much, Mamuena. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for those of you, please, who are sending in requests, uh, I know um, it might be a problem with my phone, but please, uh, I'm trying to work it out on my side as well. Uh, just keep trying to send the, 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 the request and I'll, I'll try as much as I can. Yes, Sayeko, uh, can, you, uh, can you make your contribution, Mr. Sayeko? And then I will go to Assad. Sayeko? Sayeko, David, Jose. I think Sayeko is off. Uh, Assad bin Jaffa, yes, yeah, you have five minutes. Then we go to Moses. Okay, all right, thank you, Rafazil. Can you hear me? Uh, am I loud and clear? Yeah, you're loud, but you go a bit slow because at, at times you tend to speak fast and people can't hear what you're trying to say. Oh, okay, <laughs> no, it dep usually depends on the condition, uh, you know, because I'm around, uh, you know, small kids, if they're sleeping, uh. You can be as loud. You know how that is. Uh, thank you very much for uh, this uh, topic. Uh, it's very. I know it's very, very uh, sensitive. Uh, it might sound uh, somewhat uh, uh, tribal, but uh, we have to face it and we have to, uh, you know, be talking about uh, these kind of uh, issues. Um, particularly for uh, the part of uh, uh, northern Uganda, the the issue of like northern Uganda. What I can uh, uh, say, it's uh, it, it it started like a long time ago. It's not uh, uh, something that uh, you know just happened to be uh, you know that uh, northern Uganda is being uh, uh, oppressed. Uh, we have to look at the history of like the power in uh, Uganda and uh, and the reason why northern Uganda really really needed it to be put under control if Museveni and uh, you know whoever the power that was behind him needed to uh, continue on with uh, their mission. Uh, the the current state of northern Uganda is uh, the result of like the previous uh, you know uh, government and uh, the way they uh, operated uh, you know uh, considering that they most 
in Uganda, uh, even though, of course, you know, we, they, you know, there's never a good government in any place, but they always worked hard to see some changes uh, in Uganda. That's why you saw the time of like uh, Obote, the time of like Idi Amin. There were more improvements, even though the governments were not really at a, you know, at a good standard, but there was still like more improvement in terms of like, uh, you know, uh, the looking for like, you know, some some sort of like a Pan-Africanism, you know, wanting to develop, you know, the uh, the country and the people who are always behind of course we can't say seven is the only is you know the the, the powerful of, of the most powerful in the when it comes to his uh, governing, there is always a power behind it. So when they saw that issue of like, you know, uh, some sort of like, you know, the power uh, switching from like, you know, switching back to Northern uh, Uganda, if there were to be any changes, they quickly needed to put like, you know, places like Northern Uganda under control. And up to now, up to now, you could see that when... If... No, you're there? Yeah. Asad. Am I... Uh... Can you hear me or... Asad, you're there? Yeah, I'm there. Can you hear me? Is my mic on or? Hello. No, I'm. Uh... Guys, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can anybody? Yulia. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you now. Sorry. Okay. Yes, I can hear you because I was listening to Mr. Okay. Assad. Yeah. So I'll wait for. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yes, I say that as, as you you end up. Yes. Yeah. So what uh, what I was saying like uh, you know for uh, you know for for northern Uganda to uh, to change it is going to take uh, you know also the people of uh, northern Uganda to uh, you know to uh, to stand up and uh, try to uh, to speak up because the this uh, you know the the issue of oppressing the part of northern Uganda is is it was done like uh, deliberately and this is why when you see. Uh, for example, when you see, uh, it was actually put under control of the few, uh, you know, the so-called, you know, elites, you know, they, these people that you're seeing, you know, like rising up, you know, like the people of like Olanya, the people of uh, whatever. And Museveni has seen it that, you know, the invasive, like, you know, that, you know, from like the power, you know, growing, you know, from Northern Uganda, he cannot even control it. And this is why you saw in the new government they have installed, you know, when you go, when you actually look at the 10 most important people within the government of Uganda. So when you have Museveni, as you know, as the, the the very top, the rest of the people are actually you know particularly from uh, northern Uganda. This is not because you know he you know he's trying to balance the power. It's because he knows the shift be, between the shift of power you know between like northern and uh, and it actually would just be like you know it's all it's it has always been like northern Uganda. So to have the few people to just stay in there, it buys him like a few of uh, maybe few you know few more years you know under control. But it's still it's it's going out of control because you have like you know you have uh, people like Jacob Olanya in the position where he is you have Anita Among you have like you know the vice president you have like you know people like Moses Sally so all this is like you know a build up of power that they they cannot he cannot even himself control uh which of course like uh, you know we we would look at it as like you know in terms of like a, a tribal but it's no longer even a tribal because everyone is being oppressed in the same way whether you go from western Uganda whether you go to like central Uganda whether you go to uh, northern Uganda so because of this you're going to see like an increase of like uh, people, you know, feeling like, you know, wanting the government, you know, wanting to change, you know, wanting change, you know, within Uganda, particularly mostly from like, you know, the parts of like Northern Uganda. And that's where you have like, you know, the military, you know, being, you know, present in parts of like Northern Uganda, parts of like Karamoja, they cut off communication. We do not even know 
what's going on in a part of like Kalamoja in the <coughs> sorry <coughs> and when you go even up higher in like some parts of uh, northern Uganda even those who speak up they're just you know few people that actually you know even capable of like you know coming out and and uh, and speak so it's up to uh, the people of um uh, northern Uganda to uh, begin realizing it, especially those who are seated in like in the elite side, that they stand to lose the most if this government continues to go on. But if they stand up, all right, yeah, so yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, so as that, yeah, mm. so as I finish, yeah, all so right. I think that's my contribution to that. Yeah, I think, yes, mm. uh, okay, thank, thank you very much. Yes, Moses, I'm gonna come to you next, uh, because uh. Madam Namuviru was waiting for quite for almost 40 minutes, but she's one of those people that I was not seeing her requests, so I had to bring her in. So please, if you <laughs> could be patient, let her speak first, and, and then Moses, you'll come in next. Yes, uh, Namuviru, and you have uh, the mic. Hi, and I'm so sorry to sort of <clears throat> prep you on that. Um, I initially wanted to talk because I think the the topic was you know, the, the discussion's been riveting and it's really interesting to hear the different viewpoints. My initial, uh, I sort of wanted to go back just quickly um, to the main topic of the, the two main topics of the day, um, which were um, Bobby Wine's son. And what my biggest point as a mother of young people and teenage um, teenagers was that um, Solomon is a minor. And as a minor, we in the political circles, regardless of what his parentage is, should spare him. It's unethical to reveal anything that he did in school. It's confidential. It's between him and his parents, and it should never involve the general public, regardless of what political position his parents hold. And I think, um, whilst I understand why you brought up the subject, I think we're kind of fueling as well by sort of bringing it up. We are fueling the the momentum, which it's very clear this morning that there's a from this morning there was a deliberate campaign by um, NRM leaning um, journalists. And I, I don't want to get personal, but the, 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 I read a tweet today that said that um, the journalist in question who made the initial tweet this morning about about what transpired um, is actually very close to Mohosi. And therefore, um, it's suspect, it's questionable. The ethics of it all, you know, this journalist did not post anything about the torture or the what was going on in Kampala the last few the last few weeks or month, the last few weeks. However, he was very, you know, it was very interesting that he um, decided to post about this young man who is a minor, regardless of how he approached it. I, I mean, he did talk about the fact that he is a minor, but it's unethical. And like um, a lot of people have said, we've all made mistakes as teenagers. And really, they shouldn't be magnified. This is a private matter between Bobby Wine, his wife, and the school, and it should never come to public attention. It's very interesting that no other child has actually been named. So I think um, the more we talk about it, and me included, the more... Um, you know, we bring into the forefront. So it is unethical. Um, the other thing that um, I wanted to talk about was this Robert Mao um, tweets of late. I think uh, it, it's a thing that happens with a lot of um, 
politicians or firebrands who um, get to a certain age and start to realize that perhaps their dreams are not going to come true. And they start acting in ways that are so sort of unexpected, surprising and shocking, but yet predictable. And I think that's what's happening with Mao. Um, I mean, it's no, it is not a secret that his um, medical bills were also covered by the NRM. So it makes sense that he sees no problem in why ordinary Ugandans have issues with why Olanya was taken, was flown out of the country at such ghastly cost, whilst thousands of Ugandans are suffering. So, I mean, it makes sense. But then the other thing that the NRM is very good at doing is whilst we are, um, our attention is concentrating or focusing on these sort of trivialities, such as tweets that are sort of all over the place and make no sense, but at the same time have an agenda. They are trying to distract us from what's actually going on. And one of the things that are really, really interesting today or something that's, you know, happened today was that there was a notice of intention to collect signatures for a referendum under Article 255 and 259 to 260 of the Uganda constitution in order to change the parliamentary system. Now this happened today, right? Um, mm. Or what sort of put out today. And whilst we are discussing a minor, these people have obviously got a different agenda. And the idea is to take away the parliamentary system and introduce a sort of a, not an oligarch, but an ele elections that are going to be, um, uh, where the president is going to be elected by a parliament or the elite rather than, mm. you know, the general public as, you know, one man, one vote, which is, so whilst our attention is being taken away from the key issues, these people are sort of, you know, distracting us and it's deliberate. It is no coincidence that this, again, this news has appeared in NRM or Junta sort of sponsored and friendly journalists. So I think we need... First, to talk about, to, to accept that it is unethical to talk about um, what a minor has done and it's a, a thing that should be kept between the parents and the school. Then we need yeah. to also talk about the fact that, um, you know, Mao has become, he, he's past his sell-by date is the best way I can put it. And he's trying to remain relevant. Um, I mean, he's hopping all over the place because Mohozi, tweeted about him but we shouldn't give him any more attention than he's already you know he's already been given and we should try and focus on the key um issues that are actually happening that we are deliberately being distracted from um mm. finally then i'm going to go and let somebody else speak i wanted to talk about um just the, the whole north, south, east, west divide. As many people have pointed mm -hmm. out, I just want to add to that. There is a deliberate, there has been a deliberate effort for the last 35 to 40 years of Museveni to bring about what we call divide and rule. And it has worked for him. So he will promote one region against the other. In reality, we Ugandans, when we sit together, we get on, we, we, we intermarry, we love each other, we go to school together, we're brothers and sisters. You're probably closer to somebody from a different region than you are to somebody who's from, say, Uganda or uh, uh, another region. So us as Ugandan citizens, we are 
very often intermingled. And But there is a deliberate effort from the top to divide and rule because it serves their interests. And it is no coincidence that Museveni has taken his men all over the north to take up land. His brothers um, being sort of um, stationed in the north is not at all um, a coincidence. All of this is deliberate. And so, so, so basically, we need to understand that there is a, a policy or a thing behind this that is trying to divide us. And then on the other hand, you know, the, the, there is the, the pressing matters. I won't take up too much of your time. Thank you so much. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you very much, Julian, uh, for that wonderful contribution. Yes, Moses, uh, you had something to say. And then I'll go to Mr. Godber. I think he has something to add on. Moses, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Um, sorry, I'll I'll be in a rush. A no, sorry bit. for keeping you. Sorry to keep you waiting, but at times you you know you need people to exhaust their points, uh, yeah. not to interrupt them and that kind of stuff. So that's why I understand. And indeed, uh, talking about exhausting, I mean, she has uh, literally exhausted. Uh, I think most of the big points that I wanted to hint about. But let me begin with. Uh, I think. Uh, on both topics, I don't want to be exact, especially when it comes to discussing uh, uh, Solomon Kampala. However, um, uh, looking at Mao's rants uh, over the weekend, um, I was reading through each and every one of them, and um, um, I was thinking, what's going on? I think uh, we are, we are, we have uh, thank God for this discussion, um, but. When I, most of the people have been like looking at northern Uganda and the divisions and everything. Of course, definitely, uh, what is going on is uh, in journalism what we call agenda setting, and uh, 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 I think the fourth estate, uh, which is actually the source of information, that is why we are discussing here, is is meant to be a player in the political uh, uh, growth or development or anything of a country. And uh, uh, apparently, uh, I mean, it, it creates the influence, you know, the importance of, uh, uh, of everything uh, placed on topics, especially on public agenda. And this is why we are actually here discussing. But Mao's uh, 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 rants uh, indicate one thing, uh, which is, I think, the major thing, according to my opinion, uh, it is the divide and rule policy. And uh, you can see that everyone right now is discussing about how Northern Uganda, uh, you know, Mao has spoken about so many things. He has attacked the National Unity Platform as a party by himself. We don't know whether he's doing that as a DP chairman, but for right now, what we see is he his Twitter handle holds him as the DP chairman. So we're probably uh, as a party, although National Unity Platform has not responded because they don't, I don't think, uh, they believe that this attack is on them, uh, like uh, directly. He has talked about so many things. He first started with the Olanya thing. Then you are talking about the tribal sentiment. A lot of stuff that he's been talking about, uh, and I think this wins the divide and rule game <clears throat> by the regime in power in Uganda. I mean that this technique he's trying to do is meant to like empower the regime currently, so that mm -hmm. I mean the other factions. Are, are, are definitely broken down into pieces. You know, apparently, our National Inter Platform had uh, tried to bring people together. You remember in the election how uh, this man, um, uh, Robert Chagulani, had, you know, uh, during a, a very, very hard election period, tried so much, 
you know, every region that he went to, how he was welcomed. I mean, just recently he was in Teso, and you see the welcome and how the Itesots actually dressed him up. I mean, I, I'm trying to find, to still read about, I mean, I'm trying to read lines on why they dressed him uh, like that. Um, I haven't got an answer, but I'm sure those in power know what that meant and def definitely uh, what is going on bringing up the Solomon Kampala story. So this is about agenda setting and of obviously pushing forward the divide and rule system. Now, now to us Ugandans, wherever we are, we have to be very mm -hmm. careful because we are literally eating into this game directly. You can see what people have been discussing here. Northern Uganda, blah, blah, blah. I mean, who went to Northern Uganda and started war? Who? Who, who do you even people know how this war was? Have you taken deep down thinking and looking into how and was? And I mean, we were young, you know, journalists or starting or something. Many other people were still young. And this war, we all, all grew up thinking, Kony, Kony, who is Kony? You know, there's a big bounty on him, but I mean, we can't even locate him, not even in the forests. Which forest servant Americans gone to the Garamba, wherever, you know? So the thing is that, uh, and this has created a lot. I mean, Mao himself, was Mao himself, there is a picture when he's hugging Joseph Coyne, you know? So can we even examine his role in that war? You know, what was his role? Can you go deeper into it? These are all subjects of investigation, which we shall not get right now. But the thing mm. is that getting up runs to push forward an agenda that, that a certain group of ruling society wants people to get into and begin to debate, you know? I mean, he's talking about copies of registration of the national inter platform and everything and when you look deeply down there how can you say national inter platform is in bed with Museveni seriously for a serious person <laughs> like Mao, a brilliant man you know to say that national inter platform then okay so why why are we having uh, national inter platform members most of them disappearing in drones you know he does not you know he does not show that the state created a, a project Okay, he says the state created a project through National Interplatform. But you know, okay, so why did they then go on rampage to, to kidnap, kill, mime supporters? You see how people have been kidnapped, tortured, you know? So for any understanding person, we shouldn't even be in a debate, you know, to pull Mao into the whole thing. And I, I, I personally did not even want to, but, you know, it is, of course, hard because Mao is a very brilliant man and he knows what he's doing. He knows he's gathering mm. attention after, of course, having lost it before. But mm. the, thing, the whole thing is that you have to be very careful. Uh, briefly, about what is going on, I would just probably call this like the zero-sum thinking of politics. Uh, we can read about that. I was reading about that, uh, I think, a month ago. And I can see what is happening in Uganda is basically zero-sum. It's a zero-sum game versus political ideology, you know? So, uh, and this is kind of a tendency to see, like, politicians are seeing life as... Uh, as a zero-sum, like, which creates political rife, by the way, you know? So there's a belief that one party's gains can only be obtained at the expense of another party's losses, you know? And this kind of mentality, uh, both parties view each other, you know, as zero-sum, as long as one of them is mm. So you bring in something uh -huh. to hit the other. So we have to be very careful. And the other thing I would, I would cite here uh, as well is the fact that, uh, of coincidence. It is also coincidental. Everything is happening at a time when Bobby Wine is actually shooting higher, you know. And, and so we have to be very careful on how we see this and how we view it. And of course, uh, creating divisions within the opposition, we have to be very careful 
as we discuss all this and looking at northern Uganda, how we can rebuild it. No, government is the one that is supposed to rebuild northern Uganda. You know, not national mm. platform. They are not yet in power. They are, they need they want power. They are not yet in power. So how do you begin to blame them? How do you begin to blame people who are already uniting? We we clearly saw people uniting during the 2021 elections. You know, I, I mean Arua. They came up in big numbers. You know, I mean, so the the regime is trying to use these five years to see how they can pull down national inter platform, which is going up. You know, so all right. Be very careful. Mm. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much, Moses. Yes, Mr. Uh, Godber, you had a point to emphasize? Or... Godber, you're there? Godber, you can unmute. <clears throat> can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. All right, thanks, Fazero. Uh, no, just two quick points I wanted to mention. I, I, for some reason, uh, I, I, I can understand uh, uh, people's outrage against uh, uh, Chairman Mao, but, but I also wanted to just emphasize and say maybe we should be sympathetic to people like Mao and many others because this our country is traumatized for sure. We've uh, we've lived uh, you know almost sixty years of independence through all kinds of trauma, and for people like uh, like Mao and others who have seen the violence in northern Uganda, they have lived it, uh, and uh, they have experienced it. I, I have many of my friends from Achori who have told stories of uh, personal suffering that the the kind of the, the kind of suffering they have gone through. So I, 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 my my view is that as a country we are we are we've been traumatized by uh, politically, economically, militarily, and otherwise. That, in in my view, at the end of the day, rather than rather than uh, round condemnation of what uh, of the rantings that by Chairman Mao, we probably need to understand them and understand that they are. They are as victims as each one of us are of the situation that has been obtained in this country since independence. So, and and the moment we do that, then we 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 probably will 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 move away from share uh, apportioning blame and begin to pull together and say we need to talk to each other because uh, I have argued time and again that this country, uh, our country, uh, we all talk at each other. We we hardly find the time to talk to each other, and 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 just to emphasize my point that uh, because we have a failure of leadership and leadership across the board, uh, whether it's religious, whether it's civil society, whether it's professional bodies, but more so at the presidential level, we lack the leadership that is able to pull people together in spite of their differences and diversities that we can pull together and talk to each other because we <coughs> face exactly the same problems and and so i really plead for uh, for us to be to be more cautious and be more understanding of the fact that people are traumatized and they are going to end up uh, in in the you know ranting in many different ways the way we have seen Chairman Mao do. But but finally, I, I thought I sh should really emphasize the point about uh, Bobby Wine's uh, son. I, I was I was really I was really um, I, I should say I was 
uh, outraged and offended that all of a sudden when you have a country that is going through a lot of crisis in terms of in terms of our healthcare system uh in terms of our education system uh you have these fraudsters now trying to talk about constitutional amendments then we are diverted to talk about a little boy whose privacy should be protected that we should all be working together as a people to protect a kid who who, who finds himself in a, in a, in a situation that he is he, he's found himself that that and and really this is again this is part of the trauma that we have gone through as a country that because if you have a country that we that cannot protect its children and any attack on a child on a young boy on a young girl does not cause sufficient outrage and then it means that that society is suffering and and for me this is consistent with what we've seen uh, because i still have argued uh, in with all due respect that the mere fact that we could have the president single-handedly uh, lock up our children in our houses in our families for 2 years <laughs> and all of us as parents as uh, as uh, patriots we could not challenge the regime that a regime that fails to put in place the necessary procedures to get kids to school when globally every child was every country and government was fighting to get their kids learning it shows you how much we have been traumatized as a country that we need to be able to pull together to be able to move up mm -hmm. again and and mm -hmm. that is only going to happen if we begin if we we invest in understanding the this trauma that we have gone through and the fact that it is us Ugandans who are going to solve this problem. We can no longer expect solutions from uh, from President Museveni's government. I, I really doubt that they have the capacity to do it. They, they are very, very fine men and women in government, working hard to do so many things. But I think that the, the, our politics have become so broken that it is an obstacle to us. And we have to deal with that problem to be able to move forward and, and create a new dispensation where Every human life is is uh, valued. Uh, a, 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 a situation where we we know that the children, the young kids that we are seeing being exposed for and and used as political capital, are the future of this country and our future. And therefore, we have to be able to protect them as much as we can. Oh, um, you, yes, God, I, God, but before you go, uh, I think Julian wants to. to I, I, I'm so sorry, uh, Mr. Godba. I understand, and I understand why you feel that um, Mao should be spared, and perhaps we should treat them, treat him with a bit of understanding. I disagree, and the reason I disagree is because, unlike the majority of the poor actually in the north, or the people of Rwero who have never been compensated, Mao and the elite of all regions in the country have been very privileged. Mao went to the best schools. He graduated. He has had a very comfortable life. To whom much is given, much is expected. He should be leading by example rather than justifying the unjustifiable, which is thousands of 
um, earlier on, speakers spoke about the state of hospitals and the healthcare in his region. Um, he, ha he has not, or he didn't come out at no point as he raised the issues. However, he is trying to defend somebody who is as privileged as he is. The elite come, you know, they, there is no region that has a monopoly on elitism. And I think because they've been so privileged, they of all people should be leading by example and show some kind of faith in um, Ugandan Med the medical fraternity and not be flown off and then to sort of have the agenda set by the state and to come out instead of um, standing with the opposition to then attack the very opposition you're supposed to be standing with for me means that no we should not treat and the likes of him with kid gloves we should hold them accountable and responsible for the decisions that they take because they have a, a they aspire to lead the country and they must lead by the by example that's what i wanted to say thank you thank you very much mr godba would you like to reply yeah no i i I actually fully, fully understand Yurian's point. I think it's uh, it's, it's very compelling, uh, and yeah, because uh, I, I had the opportunity to to be with the, with Mao at uh, at the law school. I, I joined the law school at Makerere when he was in his third year, actually with the Speaker Olanya. Nobat uh, Mao was our guild president, and uh, and Jacob Olanya was the speaker, and and really, to be honest, they inspired us as young uh, young entrants to the law school. They inspired us. Um, yeah. So so it, 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 in short, I have been trying to understand, basically trying to figure out how uh, a person that has that had that spoke and and led with the degree of clarity that Mao and Olanya had when we were at the university, that all of a sudden they we find them in a situation which they are in. Uh, so so really, it's really struggling to find explanations, Julian. And I, I hear your point about we need to hold them accountable. I think that is without a doubt we should. But, uh, but so, as someone who has uh, lived in almost the same generation with Mao and seen him uh, the way he has led uh, 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 many years uh, back, and then he's where he is, I really, f I, I really struggle to find uh, explanation as to why would Nobat Mao be behaving the way he's behaving, because the, the, the rants are just unlike him. And uh, but I think I agree with you absolutely that we definitely have to hold uh, some of these people accountable because uh, the uh, yeah sympathizing with them does not explain uh, or does not rationalize where we are and what they should be doing. Uh, but uh, yes, I, I, I guess we just need to try and understand what is it that is motivating someone like Mo to say the things he says, the, 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 the things he tweets, because it's just unlike him. It's sorry, just a quick thing. It's unlike him because, like I said previously, he and and this is not not in any way to disrespect people of the same generation as him. But he has reached. He has not feel, fulfilled his political potential because of the rotten system in place. And as such, at his age. Um, 
is perhaps disillusioned and he's willing to work with the state in order to undermine the very people we should fight with. So I think as long as you understand the agenda of the state and the fact that he has worked hand in hand, be it clandestinely or openly with iPod, with the ruling junta, then of course um, it's understandable that now, you know, because he's sort of been given flowers by the first son, he must be seen to be doing the mostest, to be doing the mostest in order to promote the agenda of the ruling junta. People change. He's getting, you know, he's running out of time, call it a ticking clock, mm. and he's getting desperate and he's getting to a point where, yes, he has unfulfilled aspirations and as such he is doing things out of character and for that he has to be held account accountable because he knows better and he should do better absolutely agree all right all right thank thank you very much both of you speakers and um uh, for that wonderful discussion and engagement all right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have been running for almost three hours now, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Lucy, NSK, you sent in a request, but uh, I could not get you. Sorry, guys, I think I will have to buy a new headset because this one is not bringing in the requests. I don't know what the problem is, but I don't know if at all those of you who have been doing the spaces you have been facing this particular problem too whereby people send in the requests and then they do not turn up onto the screen and then you have to maybe play around with it and one way or the other so i'm really sorry about that so uh i think uh, it has uh, i've come to the end of the show uh, for three hours we've been here from where we started and also i have to put in mind the people who come and listen to the recorded conversation so Usually if you're driving to work or if you're at home or driving to work or if you're in your hospital or clinic, wherever, whatever you're doing during the day, uh, this is a gateway to listening to podcast or listening to something that can be beneficial uh, to you uh, in one way or the other, uh, something that can help you keep tabs and be updated on what is happening in our country, Uganda. We would like to discuss a range of topics, not only this, but also go into those deep topics that people don't want to know about, about oil. Uh, I remember they signed the so-called final investment decision. And uh, I've been listening to, you know, the way the oil is going to be divided between the oil companies and the, you know, the Uganda government. These are really sad things that we have to come here and discuss and talk about. And also the uncomfortable topics of tribe, uh, because uh, these are things that we have deep in our hearts that are seated down there, but people don't want to bring them up. And we always try to pretend. And I think this is a good place where you cannot see my face, <laughs> where I can bring about the, where we can bring about the issue of tribe as Uganda or ethnic nationalities as Mr. Godba, uh, you know, described them. And then we talk about them. And I believe that if, for as long as we have these conversations, for as long as we have these engagements, I think it will help us in, you know, in different forms uh, to, 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 to have a meaningful way of having solution to the problems that are affecting us as Ugandans, as the diaspora, as people who are on social media and so on and so forth. 
So guys, uh, for those of you who requested for three hours and you have not got the opportunity to speak, I'll be back tomorrow. Um, I just want this conversation to be running because so much is happening in Uganda and I want the conversation to run each and every day uh, between 6 p.m. up to 9 uh, p.m. UK time. I might be looking to bring that time down to 6 to 8, you know, because of responsibilities and stuff like that, but it depends. If you people come in early and you contribute early, the easier, but I won't blame you because I'm also just starting. So the earlier you come in, the easier it gets, the easier we get a chance to hear from every one of you and you hear less of me because at times I don't get the requests (laughs) and then I end up talking so much. So I'm sorry about that. So I'd like to thank everyone who has been on, everyone who has contributed. Moses, uh, Edwin Kavma, J.B. Mwonge, Juliana Namubiru, Godbatum Shave, Karim Untambi, Nicholas Opio, J.H. Sechitoreko Asad, uh, Alexander Luja, Certified Hustler, Sayekwo, he didn't come in, Igbo, uh, Kanyaho, Nasib, Masaba Forest, Omuchopoe Omu, Hamboria, eh, you people have names, eh? Ameto, Dark Desire, Nwech, Caroline, Jerry, Je- Jeremy Jemba, Kaudu, Abigaba, Alex, The Preacher, Dr. Orach, Love Uganda, Nesta, Nwa, Robert Mugabe, African Diaspora, Patrick Abog, Halima Ali, Nur Muhammad, Bamweyana, Mugisu, uh, Kanyoro Rogers. I mean, everyone. Um, I also like uh, more, more ladies, please. You, uh, ladies, please send in the requests. We want to hear from you. And I'm really happy that today, at least, uh, we got Yuliana Namuviru. To you know, submit then the uh, lady Paicho and Chira. Uh, is that the name? And Chira Paicho, yeah. And uh, that lady from Achori, uh, uh, also a parent at, Chis- at, at Chisubi Smark. Yeah, she really also made some good uh, uh, contributions. So I really like ladies also to you know to be part of the conversation. It really helps a lot. And also people from different regions, uh, because having people from different regions also helps us to give us a picture of you know the entire Uganda. People from the west, people from the central, people from the east, everywhere. I really appreciate that because it helps me as a person to, you know, to learn more and understand more, especially uh, by, uh, by embracing uh, people's, uh, you know, places where they come from and positions uh, that they come from. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. I do appreciate so much for you being here and for being part of this uh, Twitter space. Just pray for me so that I can be consistent each and every day to sacrifice time so that we can have these conversations as Ugandans and talk about the uncomfortable things that we might not want to hear. We might not want to hear. So with that, uh, have a good night. And please share the space with your friends for for those who missed the conversation so that they can hear That is, if we discussed something that could be helpful to them in one way or the other. Have a good night. Bye-bye.